In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I'm talking emotional detox, saving your marriage and yourself with internationally renowned emotional detox expert, Sherry Anna Boyle. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad, real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hey, welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. My name is Johnny Jensen, your host and the creator and founder of the Team Super Dad community. Great as always to have you here with us. Welcome if you're a first time listener and welcome back if we've had you before. I hope you're subscribed to the Team Super Dad podcast or maybe you're watching live with us. If you are watching live, then of course, as always, uh, feel free to comment, to uh, message in and we will bring you in as best I can or at least bring up your message as we are talking to Sherry Anna Boyle, who is waiting on the other side of the, you know, in the green room, in the Team Superdad green room. Um, Sherry Anna is a phenomenal uh, author, internationally recognized author with some bestsellers all around the subject of emotional detox, which was uh, t- such an exciting subject to bring into the Team Superdad community, as we will get into in just a second. But the idea that we're walking around with all this emotional baggage and what is that doing to us? Well, we're going to find out when we talk to Sherrianna and most importantly, we're going to talk about how to let go of it. So without further ado, let's bring in Sherrianna. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm great. Good evening to you. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Team Super Dad podcast as I was just explaining Uh, On the intro there, um, you are over in the States and you are a mum. As I say always, it's absolutely brilliant to have mums on the Team Superdad podcast. We are totally committed to solid relationships, good women, equality, and basically just creating the best possible relationships we can. And so, yeah, welcome. You are an emotional detox coach and your, your bio, which was sent to me, is, is absolutely phenomenal. Author of eight books, including a most recent emotional detox, a master's in education, as well as a certificate of advanced graduate study in the School of Psychology from the University of Massachusetts. Like, <laughs> yeah. you definitely know your stuff and also your phenomenally successful Cleanse Life program and everything you do there. And you're also a yogi mum. Mm-hmm. So I just can't wait to get into this conversation and and share with the Team Superdad audience. We do have mums listen as well, so that's absolutely brilliant. And so, yeah, once again, welcome. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. I've actually written nine books now. I have to update that bio. <laughs> but that ninth one won't come out until fall 221, but it's... I it's, feel like, I it's, feel like Garth, and, Garth and Wayne, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. <laughs> I just can't forget it. It's like forgetting another child. You know, I, I don't want to leave it out of the mix. It's already been birthed. It's just not going to be released for a while. Oh, brilliant. And al- along the same subject, I dare say. All around oh, yeah. Emotional- yeah. It's, a, it's another emotional detox book. Yes. Yeah. It'll be- it's really important as well as getting your, you know, allowing you to introduce yourself. And, and, and I always like at the beginning of, of these Team Superdad podcasts to actually get to know the person that we're speaking to. But just just to set this all up, yeah, written this many books, and not just written books, because people can easily pump out a book on uh, on Amazon these days. These are translated into multiple languages, absolutely phenomenal bestsellers. Like, how how did, you know, how's that happened? How has it been becoming not just an author, but, but a, a, mm. a, you know, a successful one of that? Well, I, you know, I never intended to write a book like a lot of people. I just, it really began with feeling a lot of anxiety and, and I was leaving to become a mom. My, my job, I was on a leave of absence. I was pregnant. And then during that leave, I realized, oh my gosh, like now that I'm not working, I've, I'm pretty anxious. I've <laughs> got a lot of anxiety going on. So that's when I started to sort of write about, okay, and I, I was from the framework of 
when I go back to work <laughs> after I have the baby yeah. and I go back to like a, mom, a lot of moms and dads do, we'll have the baby. Then I'll go back to work and then I'll figure it out from there. Uh, I really wrote the first book as kind of a guidebook to how do I want to do things differently? Because I can't go back to that and be a mom at the same time. I can't work 12 hour days and have little, a fraction of lunchtime and I need to figure this out. So that's how it all came to be. And then one book kind of morphed into another book. As it does, as it does. And so mm-hmm. your, all your, your books and your program is, it's around cleanse, the, the anacronym cleanse. And really it's, it's a, it's a whole lifestyle that, that you're, you're, you're preaching to people here. Tell us, a, a, you know, introduce us to that. Cause I think that's going to frame this, this whole conversation really. Sure. So after I, I wrote a book called mantras made easy and after writing mantras made easy, I had an idea and it just kind of popped into my head. I like to preface it with mantras made easy because when I was writing that book, I was, I was doing several mantras a day. I had probably three mantras going. And if you really look into a mantra practice, it's a real commitment. It's a, it's a three month commitment, 180 times a day. It's, it's about being devoted to. So I was in this place of being completely devoted. And I, one of my mantras, honestly, which some people might call this one an affirmation for whatever reason, was a mantra for my marriage. And I was asking to to know the truth about my marriage. And I was also asking for a marriage that was spiritually, emotionally, and physically connected. So I did this practice for 90 days. So when you do that, your vibration gets very high. (laughs) After I completed Mantras Made Easy, it was published by Simon & Schuster. I'm literally walking out of the gym one day and I had just taught a yoga class. I have my mat all rolled up. I'm with my girlfriend and I looked at her and I said, emotional detox. And she's like, what? And I said, I'm going to write a book on emotional detox. Now, I don't know why I was thinking about it. I don't know why it came in, but that was what came in. And she said, well, that's a really good title. I like that. So I'm going to do that. So I started researching and really it was you know, I want to know more about emotions. I feel like we we touch upon them, but we don't really dive in. And what exactly is an emotional detox anyway? Because again, I've read articles, I've seen little pieces, maybe a chapter here, but what is this about? So I started doing the research on emotion. Okay. There it goes. You're back. I presented. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. My mic went off. I presented my research and the proposal to the publisher and they said, okay, you've, you've got some, something worth publishing. So I was excited and I thought, okay, this is going to be really great. Lo, Lo and behold, about six weeks later, I got some of the most tragic news of my life and, and I'm taking you back to the fact that I, had been doing mantras and I had asked, please tell me the truth about my marriage. Well, six weeks later, I find out some truths about my marriage and it really crushed me. I was really, um, it, it was such a traumatic thing at the time because it wasn't just me. It was for my family. We were all going through this. And so now here I am with all this data and research and a book deal And I can't write anything. I'm a mess. I mean, I can't even get out of bed, let alone write a book. And then I'm thinking, who the hell am I to write a book? I'm a mess. (laughs) Right? So I asked for extra time. They were very nice and gave it to me. And so Emotional Detox, that book really came from, from both. It came from my own personal journey of needing to go on an emotional detox, which ended up, you and I were just talking, being a blessing because I got to write it 
and I got to frame it more than anything, build a foundation for what is an emotional detox from inside out. I didn't just take what I read in books, what I got from out there. I had to now apply it and really um, create something. And I do feel that it was an incredible blessing. And that's how the cleanse came to be because I knew from my own personal journey, there had to be an acronym for the steps because when you're in trauma and crisis, you you can't be bothered with, you know, a lot of people say, try this, try that. If Try this tool, try the, talk to this person, go to this person. And you're just like, you can't do that when you're in that state. And so I knew whatever I created, it needed to be something. It needed to be a structure. It needed to be consistent. And the cleanse isn't just individual steps. Each one builds upon each other. So it unfolds very nicely, has a really nice flow, but it took me a while to get that flow. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, I guess what you're alluding to in, in, in that, so you, you're, you're married and you've got some kids and then you realize that your marriage is completely on the rocks, right? And that's, that was, that was what was happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How, how old were your children? Well, at the time they were younger. I mean, they're older now. So, you know, uh, boy, how old? I mean, they were all school age. So I had one in elementary, I had one in middle, and I had one in high school. Yeah. Now they're all like a two year, you know, just kind of over the edge. Um, but three daughters. So old enough, the especially the older two, old enough to where you weren't gonna keep anything from them. You yeah. know, when they when they see their mom's a mess they're going to ask questions. And so, and they're old enough where they can be brought into certain conversations in certain ways. The little one we sheltered a little bit more, but, uh, but that was, yeah, I got the truth. That was what I asked for. And boy, did I get it. (laughs) I work with a lot of dads who are literally going through the separation. And I work with a lot of dads who are, trying to rebuild or kickstart their life after the, after the divorce. Mm. And, and it's, it's, it's a complex rebuilding process. Some of it practical, a lot of it emotional, but I do know from, from chatting, you, you managed to hold it all together, correct? We did. Yeah, we, we did. We were still together. We're still married and uh, our children made it through. I mean, that's the other aspect. And, um, you know, I, I, my husband really is my inspiration. He really, he hung in there and I, I know he, he, we both went through a lot, but, um, he, you know, the way the person he is today is, I just, I'm just in awe sometimes of, of the transformation that he allowed. That. Yeah. Yeah. And the, was there a, and I don't want to pry too much into your personal life, but there, you know, in terms of people quite often chuck the towel in, you know, faced with difficult news and circumstances, people, people fight and argue and, and, and chuck the towel in. Was, was there a, a moment when you really realized together that you were going to hold that you were like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to try and stick this, we're going to stick this out. We're going to see it through. Was it a conscious moment or did you both come to it at different times? I had so much vibration in me from, from that mantra practice. I really believe that it was divinely orchestrated that way because I think the reason that he chose to, we, we chose is be, he saw how calm I was. I mean, there were moments, of course, of, of hysterical, but I knew, um, he was, actually much weaker than I was in that um, the it was very difficult for him to hear anything at all. And it's tricky because when you go to therapy, you're kind of taught, right, speak your speak your truth, you have yeah. to hear this. And and I 
am so connected energetically. It just, and I learned so much about emotions. It just didn't feel right for me. It didn't make sense because we would go to therapy and it would all come up and he would be probably three days he'd be down in shame. Because as you know, uh, I know therapists don't mean to do this, but a lot of them have 50 minutes, maybe, maybe a little longer with couples, right? And a lot of stuff comes up. And it's very difficult. And then you have to go home and try to, okay, now you can go back to work and you can go back to being a parent. And meanwhile, all this stuff is brought up. And we did that for a while. We had a few different therapists. And I just, at one point, I'll never forget it. We were in the therapy office and the therapist got distracted and she had to go I don't know, and look at her phone or something. And we were both just sitting quiet and not talking and she's doing her thing. And I remember clear as a bell, I heard a very strong voice in my head. And the voice said, don't answer the question. (laughs) And she sits back down and she goes to do her thing. And I'm just thinking about this voice I just heard. And I'm going, okay, I can hear her. Now she's kind of in the background. You know? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to kind of get through this. So we leave therapy and we're walking to the cars. I mean, we couldn't even be in the in the same car because of the emotions, not because we were fighting. It was yeah. just too tough to even be cool. in the, to drive away together. And so I looked at him and I said, I'm not going back. And he said, what? (laughs) You're not going back? I said, I'm not going back. And if you want to go back and continue, go for it. But I, this is my last day. And I let him kind of make his own decision and I never went back. And what I did was I went home and I asked about the voice. Okay. I'm here. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, what are you trying to tell me? And that's when the cleanse started to channel through. And what I learned was how to tell the story without re-traumatizing yourself. Because so often we want to bring up the past. We want to get into it. And what ends up happening is you relive everything everything and including the emotions that get buried and suppress like shame and guilt and all those ones. And, and it's just really very, very tough on our systems. And some people don't make it that way. And I knew, I didn't think we'd make it if we continued in that way. Yeah. And do you mean that it make it as a couple or it literally kills them? I think I saw him slipping into depression and I knew as much as the trauma was due to a a very deep betrayal and, and I write about it in emotional detox. I looked at him and more from a, I looked at him in that moment as a human being. And I said, you know, I'm, I am extremely, I mean, beyond hurt. But uh, at the end of the day, we've we've had at that point eighteen years together. We have a life. We've worked our asses off. We have yeah. children, right? And it's not worth throwing all of that and getting into it. And I saw him, and I have daughters, and I knew they need a father, and they need. I can't have him go into some some place. And I don't know if he could have gotten himself out. Mm -hmm. So my job, it wasn't really about the marriage. It was about, let's not go there. Let's, let's not get so deep and dark that now I don't just lose a husband, but my children lose a father emotionally. Yeah. Well, that's not normal. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to hear, uh, inspiring, 
And I, the thing I love about hearing that is that uh, there's an expression I, I've used many times because I, I heard it before and I loved it. And it says, what, what one man can do, any man can do. What one woman can do, any, any woman can <laughs> do. What, what, what one couple can do, any, any, what any couple can do. Mm. And there's so much animosity in relationship breakdowns. But to be able to see past it and to see a future for yourself, a future for your children is is absolutely inspiring. And so. Not I, everyone thinks that, by the way. I want to let your listeners know. Some people did not understand and will challenge you. Yeah. Sometimes you do choose the more peaceful path and people just want you to be angry. They want you to, you know, because they're angry. How can somebody do that to you? You know, they, they're upset or you're their biggest fear, right? They can't imagine that happening to them. And they go into what I call so much reactivity. So a huge challenge was I had to, I had to really believe in what I was choosing, yeah. Because so often people will, they'll say, oh, they're this, they're that. You could do better. I can't tell you how many times I heard that one. <laughs> you could do so much better than that. You don't deserve that. And it just didn't help because I, I don't know what you do with that information. <laughs> no, not at all. But I, I, I can see that both of my personal experience and working with other dads, to fix a relationship and fix is a bad word, but, you know, to repair a relationship, to heal a relationship, to, to transform a relationship and to rebuild it and to take it forward is a wonderful thing, but equally to realize, okay, we are fundamentally different and this, it will be healthier for us not to be together. That's a powerful place to be as, as well. Um, I do know another couple actually in Brighton who, who broke up and then got back together and, and repaired their marriage. And, and she said to me the same thing. No one, no one encouraged us to do this. And they've been back together now like six years. So everyone's like, oh, it's amazing what you've done. Yeah. But she said for years they had to battle family and friends saying, you two are ridiculous trying to put this back together. Yeah, amazing. And so the essence of this is all part of the cleanse process. And it's not just for people who are having challenges in their relationship. This is, mm. this is a whole life experience. Tell us a, about the benefits of either the cleanse process or what an emotional detox even is, let alone what it can do for you? So that, that's a good question. So emotional detox is, and that's what I had to build a foundation. What exactly does this mean? And it's based on a mindset that our emotions are not the problem. It's how we've learned to react to them. In fact, Johnny, after I've been through this, you know, I've been cleansing for a long time now. And even after the first book, Emotional Detox, I really believe there is only one emotion and that's love. I believe everything else is a reaction. And I had to think that way in terms of whether you choose to be in a relationship or leave a relationship. I do think it's, it can be helpful to think in those terms because you can get so caught up in the details that if it's not love, it's probably a reaction of some sort. So what is a reaction? A reaction is the way we make the uncomfortable comfortable. And we've all learned to do that. How do I make what's uncomfortable or the fear of something more comfortable? And we get sort of beliefs and behaviors and mindsets, and, and sometimes it is pretty entrenched or even suppressed. And sometimes these behaviors even travel through families. And so when it comes to an emotional detox, it's not about clearing the emotions. I want to be clear about that. Your emotions are valuable. They're resourceful. They're healing. They are everything. They are and they can be used for manifesting. And so what you're clearing in the cleanse are your reactions so that the emotions can be completed. So I, I think of it like a book, you know, you, you have the beginning, the middle and the end. 
Very often we feel an emotion and we kind of cut it off. And how do we cut it off? Well, we have a lot of ways that we cut it off. And you and I can talk about that. Sometimes we cut it off by being the fixer, right? Trying to fix everything. Trying to... (laughs) What I learned is, um, particularly if you're married... Women don't like being fixed. I, I did find that out. Uh, <laughs> or fix, fix finances or fix the house yeah. or sometimes it's withdrawal. Sometimes it's avoidance. I was just working uh, with someone who who does it by just preventing everything from happening, right? I got to do this because I don't want this to happen. And like yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So these these kinds of ways, which can we could call them defense mechanisms sometimes, or coping skills. These are what we're cleansing because they're keeping you from fully digesting an emotion. And think of an emotion like food, that the if you have food that has chemicals on it or pesticides, it's not nearly as good as something that's organic from the earth, right? Only instead of food, we're looking at reactions. So you have an emotion that's pure, untainted by the stories and the narratives. Or we have an emotion that has tons of reactivity on it. And that is all the ways that we try to prevent it. Sometimes it's blame. Sometimes it's pointing fingers. All of these reactions. Now you have these emotions with all this on it. And then you try to digest it. And it's like, ooh, ugh, I don't like that, <laughs> right? So we want it pure. So what we're cleansing every day, I recommend it as a practice. We're cleansing the, all the reactions around our emotions so that they can be fully processed. And then as they occur, they give us energy. And as we gain that energy, we gain vibration and we're able to see things from a new point of view. And it's usually a point of view that has more love based. Okay. Well, perfect. We're going to go, all, we're going to go through that as much as, as much as you are, you're happy to. Some of those emotions, just so people can tune into this, we're talking maybe anger inside a relationship, detachment, like not talking to each other, um, blame. You bought, you used the word blame. Mm-hmm. Um, on a personal level, does that get into sort of addictions and things, gambling? Everything. Absolutely. And it's all the same. Honestly, that's what I've learned through the cleanse is we could say, well, well, they do it worse than I do it. They have this addiction. But the reality is typically, particularly in a relationship, you're both, you're both, not processing your emotions. You're both avoiding them in some way. You're just doing it. You're doing it in different ways, but it's usually, you know, it's interesting. Usually couples, and and this can be even happen in friendships and coworkers have the same reactive pattern. They just play it out differently. And what I'm saying about the reactive pattern is they, they're both looking to avoid or prevent or control something. So we're all part of a pattern. And as soon as one of us is aware of that pattern, then we can start to loosen it up. And then everybody can grow. Everybody has a little wiggle room now. Okay, it feels a little roomier in here. It feels a little, okay. I got a little space inside myself. Even if it's not you, even if it's me, if I loosen up that, pattern, which we're all a part of, people feel that, okay, all right, something's shifting. They might not be able to articulate it, but they sense it. And then they can start to, they can start to expand a little bit. Yeah. So like one person fearing losing the other and the other person fearing being smothered. That would exactly. be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Same pattern, just different, different way that it rolls out. Yeah. And this is where relationships just, especially after the kind of the honeymoon, the excitement sort of 18 months, it's where it starts to go a bit wrong because the joy, the, the, the euphoria, the sizzle starts to, starts to wear off and we start to then get a bit angsty, a bit an- anxious. It's usually there before the honeymoon. It's usually there before the 
if there's some sort of a commitment, there's signs there. We are just choosing to, you know, denial is a reactive pattern. Yeah, wow. Right. Denial is one of the biggest patterns out there that yeah. we have. Wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was shouting that at my counselor, um, there clearly was something wrong with me. <laughs> I would love a video of, of that. Guy. De- defensiveness, right? Defensiveness yeah. is a is a reaction. We get defensive. We take things personally. Yeah. Well, and what I'm hearing about your all your work is is a, is a massive degree of taking responsibility for for ourselves, right? This whole process that you're talking about starts. Does it start with taking responsibility? So, as far as the cleanse steps, yeah. no, it doesn't start with that. It starts with really the 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 C, which is called clear reactivity. The process starts by going inward within yourself, and that. That's the steps where I teach people how to do some centering exercises, where you can just get in your body, because it really begins with us. And and then the L is called look inward, and that's where we acknowledge the emotions, but we don't get into it. But we do need to acknowledge them, and we do need to acknowledge the situation. So I don't know. Do you have an example? Johnny, that you that you can remember or that you've heard from someone else. Um, ask the question again. So, a situation or what's the, what, exactly what you're asking? So, for example, if if there's something common that you see with your audience members, what do you what do you hear most often as far as reactions towards um, the their each yeah, other or themselves? Yeah, it's you know, it would if she wasn't like this, it wouldn't be like that. If he wasn't. He wasn't, you know, the classic one is each of them calling each other a narcissist. That's, that's <laughs> I get that a lot too. Yes. All, real narcissism is a personality disorder. So we're probably talking about narcissistic behavior. And just so you know, in the throes of a relationship breaking down, most people, you know, exhibit some narcissistic behavior. So, um, but yeah, somewhere, well, he doesn't listen. She doesn't talk. There's, there's two, there's two good, two good ones. Okay. Um, So there's feelings underneath all of that, those examples. So when you call someone a narcissist, you put a label on it, it really blocks feeling. I mean, you can, you can sense that in your own body. If I label you as something, it's a way that I can numb and I can put a halt to what it is that I'm feeling because nothing will shut it down more than that. Right. If somebody says, you know, you're crazy or this or that, it could just bam, it's done. I mean, energetically, we shut down. And so that is something there's feeling under there. So when I call someone that name, it makes me feel. And, and that's the space for growth. And there's layers there, right? Yeah. So when you when you call when I when I say he's a he, he or she's a narcissist, it makes me feel probably nothing, <laughs> right? Probably, probably numb. Probably, I mean, there's not a lot there, no. and 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 so that that numbing most likely has a history to it. So it's like a freeze. And you think of that fight, flight, or freeze response. And and so that person likely has a history of freezing. And when when the when they're frozen like that, meaning I don't feel you, I don't see you, I don't hear you, right? That's a way that they they kind of keep them. There's a way to put up walls. It's a way to become sort of invisible. It's a way to go into denial. So there's feelings under there is my point. And that's what needs to be sort of uncovered. And then once we acknowledge that, then we go into the E and that's where we add some vibration. Because that's where I saw, like if I brought this up with my husband, 
he would go down and he wouldn't get back up. He couldn't do it. He just couldn't. So you have to add in vibration and that's where the E is. And then the A. Vibration. That's uh, well, you, you can explain it probably better than I do, but it, it's, it starts around the idea of our energy levels and the, and the vibration that we're giving off and the fact that everything around us has a vibration. Is, can you give a probably a bit more eloquent? Yeah, sure. I mean, vibration, what I mean by vibration is movement. Think of it as inner movement. So you think of the fight, flight, or freeze, or fix response. There's no inner movement in the body. So what that means is energy is not moving. Your emotions are made of molecules and atoms. I mean, they're at the purest form, they're energy. And they have a physical and a non-physical anatomy to them. So what's nice about them is when you process them, they go into a state of movement. They start to increase in vibrational frequency. Think of it like a car. So you can have a car pass you and it can drive slow. And you'd be like, okay, I know it was a Ford. I know it was a black truck. I saw it, right? There's a certain vibration frequency of movement that you see that. But then you could have that car go whipping by you and you're like, I saw a car, but I have no idea what color it was because it went so fast, I didn't get any details. That's something that's a higher vibration. It goes faster. Your emotions, when they're the heavier emotions like guilt or shame, they are heavier, they're slower, they don't have a lot of movement to them. So they stick around. So if you have a history of going to anger it's likely because that emotion never has been processed and it needs vibration to move so it can be transformed into something lighter. And we would identify that as something like courage, something like love or even joy. So it raises, your emotions will raise vibration. So when it comes to the cleanse, it is important we identify how we feel. So when I call her a narcissist or when she calls me a narcissist, right, it makes me feel. And then, and then we breathe. Don't get into the story. Well, she does this and she always does this. It just makes me feel unworthy angry. I mean, I'm imagine not good enough. Yeah. Resigned. Resigned. Um, stuck. Stuck. Yeah. Hopeless. Right. There's yeah. a lot of emotion there. So we don't want them to, we don't want to stay down there though. So then we add vibration, which is the next step of the cleanse, which is the E called emit. And that is through the production of sound from your mouth, which is mantra. And I knew that because I had done so much work around mantras. So I absolutely knew there was going to be a mantra in the cleanse. And you said that the mantra, a mantra is different than affirmation because, you know, there's some great channels on YouTube, you know, Mm. I I am strong. I am powerful. I am, you know, I'm blessed. uh, Money. Uh, I, I, <laughs> one I, I know, um, anyway, money comes to me in, in, in unexpected ways, you know, those kind of things. So that's an affirmation, right? How does a mantra differ from an affirmation? Well, what I found is it really works in the way I've, the, the way the steps follow each other. So I'm not just, we have to be careful that our affirmations don't just be another way that we control what we're feeling. Like a fix. Like a Band-Aid. Like a, it's, okay. it's, it's prettier, it's easier. But if you just throw an affirmation on there or even a mantra, so you start to feel uncomfortable. Okay, I just got off the phone or I just got a text from my ex. I'm angry, I'm upset. Okay, I am ease, I am love, I am, right? I mean, if you went into that mantra, what are you really doing? You're not allowing yourself to feel. You're suppressing the emotion, which is not in itself. Because your intention is to get rid of it. 
It's all about intention. But if I get off that phone or get away from that text and I sit with that and I say, you know, getting that text just now made me feel. And then I breathe into that, rattled, upset, afraid, fearful, scared. Then we've got some some authenticity there. Then we pour on the mantra, which I, I, and, and I give a suggestion for that. So it's very different. That mantra becomes, uh, it becomes something I'm connecting to rather than something that I'm just using in the moment to make yeah. myself feel better. There's a, there's a connection to this vibration because we are vibration. And then after the mantra, the E, we go into the A. And that's when we begin to visualize because so much of our triggers are on visual memory. We don't just think things, we actually replay visually. And sometimes we do that with predicting. Okay, great. So now they're going to do this. And I see it in my mind. Now they're going to say this. Now they're probably going to show up at my house and you know, cause a problem or a scene. I'm replay. I can sometimes I can see it. So the next is A, which is you visualize. So if I'm not calling someone a name, right, which in some ways is a little bit of an attack, yeah. right? Let's face it. We, we might attack someone, their character, and that's our way of trying to prevent ourselves from feeling. It's a protection. If I attack you hard enough, you'll, you'll stop or you'll get away from me. I attack you, right? You'll go down. So we have to clear that attack. And everybody does this, right? So that would be in the hum. That would be in the, the mantra. I would be make, producing sound and I'm clearing the fact that I'm, I'm attacking instead of feeling. So now I'm releasing the attack. That's a behavior pattern. That's, that's a thought. That's a, that's a defense mechanism. Let me relieve this in me, this quality in me, because I bet you I've been around this. Either I've done it before or I've been around people attacking each other and I've observed it. Doesn't matter. What matters is I clear it. Then after that, we're in the A. What's the opposite of attack? Right. If you're not attacking someone, then what are you doing? Loving, embracing. <laughs> well, accepting. you're. What's that? Accepting. Accepting. You could be accepting. You could, you know, you're, you're maybe you're listening. I mean, that's what I. That's the way I would see it. If I'm not going to attack you, Johnny, then maybe I'm going to listen, or I'm just going to take us, or I'm I'm going to pause, or I'm going to just. Be present. And so now I'm moving into the next steps, which is the the N and the S, which is surrender. And now I'm allowing myself to get to know this space, which is a, another vibration, right? Because emotions are vibration of, of what it's like to be in that state of, of listening. I allow listening. I allow calm. I allow... I allow wisdom, right? I allow growth. And, and then the E is ease, which is where you land in the, and who you've always been. And then that's the, that's the final statement of the cleanse. So it's about coming full circle, full integration, and, and really coming back to who we are. And that is we're pure love. And I can, in this, you know, you've got, you got men listening to this, right? We're, we're practically minded. We're like, okay, right, I'm trying to understand that. Like, that, that, that sounds a bit weird. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. But what what they need to hear from that is and imagine a scenario where you you you, you I don't know you come in from work and, and 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 you start to play out this everyday routine where she says, "Where have you been? What time is it? Why didn't you pick up the milk from the grocery?" Then he says, in his mind, "She's always having a go at me. Why doesn't she give me a cuddle when I get indoors? Isn't she grateful?" Like, so this starts to play out, and then before they know it, 
the reaction to the familiar is defense and some sort of argument because the feeling is being first in some way suppressed, some way blocked and some way reacted and mm-hmm. everything spoken about and you, and you so beautifully explained is seeing that situation come up, feeling what's happening inside us rather than reacting in, in a, in an unmanaged way, we are consciously think consciously absorbing it and, 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 and I guess repurposing it coming, you know, coming, bringing forward a positive response, something that's comes from inside us, which if it is our wife and we're, and we're looking to stay in that relationship, we come back to love. Like, actually, I don't want to argue with you. I want to, I want to, want to talk. I want to find out how your day was. I want to give you a kiss. Like they're the feelings that are really inside us. So particularly over time in a relationship, those habits and routines and blame can get ingrained and everything we're talking about here is, is, is about recognizing the emotions that are going on inside. Is, am I understanding that quite right? Yeah, definitely. I think what you're definitely understanding is I know everybody wants tools. Give me a fix. Tell me what to do. Give a practical tip. And I, and I could certainly do that. But what I've learned in this journey is the most important part is just to be aware of what it is that you are cleansing. So typically what we're talking about is a trigger. And in that case, that person's triggered before they even get to their wife. They're probably starting to already enter that pattern as they're driving home. Yeah. Right? And now you've got the thinking and the imagining and replaying by the time they get it, all their wife has to do is say one word and they're like, it's already there. You went from A to Z because she might be doing the same thing. She might be preparing for him getting home and, and what that's going to be like. And so everybody's a little bit on the edge a little bit of walking on eggshells, a little not sure what to expect. Am I going to be embraced or am I going to be barked at? And these are the things that need to be cleansed. So what it is, is and it's the thinking. Usually triggers are identified by thinking. In the book, I lay all of this out so people yeah, can kind of see an emotional detox. But it if we're in that space of thinking and predicting, right, that would be predicting, projecting, that's what you cleanse. So that's what I need to choose to say to myself. I'm aware that when I'm making predictions and projecting and forecasting and judging, let's face it, it's all judgment, and that I'm suppressing something, inside of me. I'm suppressing, could be, could be emotions that came up from work. It could be feeling inadequate. That happens a lot. We don't feel adequate. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel like we're, you know, and so we manage that through these thoughts. Managing your emotions is not processing your emotions. So then we would cleanse, go through the process of predicting and controlling and judging and and that would be what you would you know when and and when i am driving home from work or entering the house you know i feel could be nervous could be worried anxiety go ahead so the, the thing for people to catch themselves on that drive home is to consciously be aware that that's happening and put a different practice in place. So then yeah. they're driving home and they're, they're then the mantra, the, the, uh, yeah, so practically speaking, what's someone doing when they're driving? Cause I'm sure people can relate to this very, very, sure. very right. So, so you're sat in the car, 
there's a bit of traffic. You're wondering, should I go, you know, is there a quicker way? She's going to be annoyed. Like, so just start to recognize, okay, those, those thoughts are, are coming. What's, what's, what's that? Per- let's, let's, let's just imagine it in a traditional sense. Okay. The so the, the best case, the best case scenario is they're not doing this in the car. Okay. No, okay. for the first, just for the fact that they're new to the cleanse. Maybe it's, bef- maybe it's the car's off. Maybe they're parked. Okay. Get in their car. Just before they get home, they could wait up the street and be yeah. like, constantly thinking, yeah, we're going to go in and it's going to be, be another ding dong. when I right. get I'm going to so, do something positive here. The best thing for triggers is we don't actually cleanse in the heat of the moment. Yeah. The best time is to carve out a t- maybe five to 10 minutes a day where you sit down. I do it first thing in the morning. Someone might do it before bed and you just go through these steps and you do it as a way to process what you're feeling. That would be the best case because I really don't feel like anything in the heat of the moment really works very well, to be honest with you. I, I would have a practice. Yeah. And then once they get the enough vibration, the next step is, so let's say they have a practice and they sit down and say, okay, I know this is weighing on my mind. I know this comes up for me a lot. I get anxiety when I come home, right? I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. So they sit down. You don't have to have it. You, you don't have to have it be happening. And they say to themselves, they go through a centering exercise. That's, that's the C, the clear reactivity. They're in their body. They're present in their body. And that's when you say to yourself, when, you know, entering the house makes me feel. And, and when I know I'm going to, and, and when I know I'm showing up late, it makes me feel. Or when I feel, um, and that's where you're going to start to explore. How does it feel walking into the house? And that's, makes me feel you know, and you're going to observe, you're going to inhale, you're going to exhale. There's probably some nerves there, right? There's probably some anxiety there. Then you're going to add the vibration. Remember, you're doing this in a private time, acknowledging that this is a thing. Then you're going to add your, your mantra. Now you have more vibration and awareness. Okay. And then you're going to visualize calm because that's really the opposite of anxiety, right? Is to feel calm right? And present. And then you're going to move through the steps and you're going to allow that space and go. The the best case scenario is after you run through those steps, you go to your significant other and you say, are you available to have a conversation about when I come home? And you have a conversation about what you need, you know, what I need as I'm transitioning, you know, are you available to have a conversation about me? Yeah. Your mic's gone off again. No, can even. you hear me now? I, what I need is, are you open and willing to let me have that drive home without any, phone calls, texts, whatever it is that you need. You have to really know what you need first. What do I need on that ride home? What do I need? Do I just need space? Do I need that half hour commute to just be silence? Do I need to be able to sit in my car for 10 minutes before I walk in the house? Do I need, what is it you need? Yeah. And, but that can only come those conversations from a space of calm. Now, if you're divorced, what do you need when you pick up the kids? When I pick up the kids from your house, what I need from you is right, but it's got to come from that space of calm, 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 calm. And you're going to get that from processing your feelings because when you process your feelings, you get calm. You feel grounded. If everything feels safe, when you feel safe inside, people around you are going to feel that safety 
and their behavior is going to change. If they feel threatened by you, if they feel like they're picking up on, ah, he acts like he's all calm, but he's not calm. If they don't feel it, they're not going to go for it. We have to feel safe. And then eventually people are going to say, well, you know, he's changed. She's changed a little bit. Okay, maybe I can kind of back off when he picks up the kids. Maybe I can be a little bit more gentle and and receptive and cordial. It's a process. But so the, the point to answer your question is I would rather somebody do that privately. If this is something that's coming up a lot, sit in a quiet spot, have a cup of coffee with you, you know, get a drink of water. It doesn't have to be perfect. And just let yourself process what's coming up in that situation emotionally. And the thing about any kind of practice like this is it's so healthy to do it, but it is a conscious step. And Mm -hmm. the irony or the weirdness of these kind of conversations is that we do the, uh, we do the exact obvious subconsciously. So we'll, we'll ride roughshod over our life through unkempt emotions and responses. But then when we have a conversation like this, when it's it's explained a really neat process to actually recognize and manage our emotions in a positive way, some people sense, some people's like, Oh, that's a bit weird. Like, like, I don't, why they'll think I'm crazy if I go, I go, go and do something like that. But, but no, you know, the world has changed massively. The fact that we're having this conversation, how popular yoga and personal development and all these subjects are, um, whether it be on the bookshelves or, or video plays on, on YouTube, this is consciously taking positive steps to manage ourselves and our lives in a way that we can have the outcomes that we want, whether it's love, whether it's success, whether it's relationship with our children, whether it's enjoyment of our work. These are all things that left to chance are probably going to go wrong. Mm. But handled like we're talking about here, um, with a book that's been so loved all around the world, it's it's obvious that it makes a difference to people, and um, and and I really encourage people to 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 go and get the book to to check you out to to uh, to you know make this part of their personal life as well as their relationships together, divorced kids, work. This is about self awareness and, and and managing ourselves in an effective manner. Yeah, thank you very much for that. And uh, I have to come back next fall with the new book because I did write 135 self-guided emotional detoxes in that book. So they'll be able to literally open it up and say, okay, take me through a detox. Yeah. 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 So we'll have to, we'll have to have me back. But for now, this book is uh, emotional detox. We'll give them a really, it, it, it really just shifts the way you approach things and, and it gives you a practice. And then emotional detox for anxiety. If people are looking for the step-by-step it's in that book emotional detox for anxiety is the most current one actually yeah and at the risk of kick kicking off another whole subject but you know Mm. just to wrap this off it's it's vital that people do this isn't it because the Mm. health implications of knotting ourselves up of holding on to negative emotions is documented it is it is real isn't it It, you know it's it's oh yeah uh, you you know they've they've looked at science with addiction. So, for example, uh, smokers, and and they looked at the amount of time they took a puff on a cigarette, and what they correlated it with was an emotion of sadness. That every time they took a puff, they were suppressing an emotional sadness. So it, it's there. The science is there. They've they've looked at it and. And so I, you know, my message is we've been taught what emotions are, their names, their labels. We, we have a sense of what they feel like. We've identified that, but we haven't really been taught how to process them. And so I just look at it as it, it seems like a big deal. Oh, do a practice. It sounds this and that, but this is really basic stuff when it comes down to it. You're just learning the how to process something you learned everything else but but we didn't get the whole thing so it's kind of like 
getting half of the material and they left half the second half of the manual out of the, right? So don't, don't think of it as, oh, now I'm turning into this and that. Just, just learn what this whole idea of emotional processing is about and you will pick it up because it's already a part of us. Your emotions, they're there whether you like it or not. Yeah. They're exactly not going it. away. <laughs> Man- managing. Like, yeah, we brush our teeth. We brush our teeth. Why? Exactly. You might as well. Fall out, right? so. Yeah. You might as well learn a little bit about something that you have that affects you every minute of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got some free, free stuff on, uh, we'll put it in the show notes anyway, but sure. there's, People can come and you've got a free uh, audio that people can can, mm-hmm. can enjoy and use. That's, is that correct? Yes, it's called Calm Your Mind, and it's a it's like a ten minute meditation that I lead them through Brilliant. that they can grab. Sure, I've yeah. uh, I've adopted meditation into into my life over the last few years and journaling, and uh, it is an incredibly positive out outpouring and and, and a support. And do you want to? you know, reference a couple of places, you know, your website and, and oh, you sure. end life and you've got your, your, your own Sheila uh, Boyle website. Well. Can you want to tell us what, yeah. what you and where they can get it? So all the books are at com. That's my, my full name, com, And my coaching services and whatnot. I have a radio show and all that emotional detox radio and, and then cleanselife.com uh, has all my yoga downloads. So I, I put it into a practice. So I, every time I teach yoga, I take people through a cleanse. Okay. Yeah. So that's at cleanselife.com. Yeah. I'm just posting that now. As well. Yeah. Thank you very much. I saw that very, you're very, uh, very good. <laughs> nice. Thank you. So, yeah, so there for people who are watching, they are just in the comments now on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, waiting for our LinkedIn live, uh, live streaming, uh, permission. But, and if you are listening on the podcast, then it'll be in the show notes for, for whatever app you're listening on to. But, uh, yeah, cleanse life exactly as it sounds.com and, uh, Sherry Anna Boyle. Exactly. If you type in Sherry Anna, pretty much you come straight up. Yeah. So Sherry Anna Boyle with a B-O-Y-L-E. That's absolutely fabulous. It's been a real pleasure to, to, to have you on here. On, in the one hand, it sounds a bit complex, doesn't it? But that's that's the sort of the, the detail of it. But just on a, on a practical level, I mentioned a second ago, we brush our teeth every day. So it's it's, it's something as simple as this once we um, just make it part of what we do uh, in our everyday life. And I really encourage anyone listening to this to, to, to try it uh, and to see the benefit that it can bring their life. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're really welcome. What a pleasure. What an absolute pleasure to have Sherrianna on the podcast with us tonight. This subject, emotional detoxing, you know, carrying that amount of stress and strain around with us is actually dangerous. So I hope that was of value to you. You know, some sometimes conversations are not easy to follow. You know, they're I'm sat here myself listening and thinking, okay, what do I do next? And what do I do next? And, and what does that mean? And why are we doing that? But that's how it goes. You know, when you're learning something, it's not always easy. It's probably a case of if you got value out of it, then you might need to go back and listen again or go and get one of Sherrianna's books. Uh, she has got a couple of free things on her website. And, and I've shared lots of times about the different journey I'm on with my meditation, with forgiveness, with um, responsibility, taking blame out of my life, uh, tactics around arguing with my kids and don't shout, hug it out. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot really is, you know, and if I could have learned it before I was 46, then, then that would have probably been better. So that's my mission with Team Super Dad is to bring you information to introduce you to experts and specialists who can help, who can save you time, who can make you more productive, who can give you a happier life who can enrich your experience and have you be the best possible dad, the most awesome partner, husband, you know, whatever capacity that is for you, but just loving 
life you know absolutely live in the life you desire rather than the life you feel stuck with and if that's something that interests you if you want to know more about that if you want to suck that up you want to get involved then of course the place to be is the team super dad community the hero academy next intake is in january the pre-register for that is the last two weeks of december so literally starting in a couple of days christmas day probably we've got some awesome bonuses wrapped up around that with raymond who's been on the podcast with John Campbell, who's been on the podcast. John Boys is going to do his Live Let It Be Easy program. So a whole load of bonuses for the people that sign up early to the intake of the Hero Academy in January. And now, with just a few days, a week or so before Christmas, I hope you're ready. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Whether you've got plenty of money or not a lot of money, whatever life is looking like right now, focus on having a good time, loving the people that are important to you, Um, If you can't be with your family and your kids, then make the most of it. Get together with a friend. That's what I'm doing. It'll be all right. Play the long game and um, we're here for you. Remember, you're not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. I'll see you next time. Bye. This has been Team Super Dad. Find us at TeamSuperDad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.